probably had that uh, you decided to go separate ways with because of things that, like, maybe she showed you or a lot of red flags. You're like, you know what? I need to delete from Facebook, delete from Instagram, delete from Snapchat, delete from everything. I don't need to see that ever again because it's haunting. Well, I would have stayed with her if she could pick up third and ones or fourth and ones. Would have stayed with that. I will say this, though. That play of the Eagles with Jalen Hurts, that third yeah. one, fourth one, you're going to start seeing that around the league a lot more. That's almost like a yeah. cheat code. It's a play that always works, like the old old school Tecmo Bowl. It was a play the 49ers right. had, like it was like play three, because there was only like four plays, but if you picked one of them, the play was done except for one play that the Niners did. It was like a cheat code uh, from Joe Montana throwing it. That's like the cheat code, what they do, that third and one and fourth and one. That's demoralizing for defenses as such. Such a key play. And will they put the Beldozer, Noah Gray, whoever, and just push them forward? I hope that's in yeah. the playbook. Either that, the NFL goes back and changes the rule because they changed the rule where you could push the quarterback back in 2006. So maybe the Chiefs right. are banking on the NFL switching the rule. But if not, all right, let's see more Noah Gray. Let's see some more Beldozer on third and one or fourth and one. Because I will say this that play with the Eagles is deadly, man. Yeah. I mean, it was deadly in the Super Bowl. It was. Uh... What they do? They did it twice on the goal line, I think, in the Super Bowl. I believe it was two times. And then, uh, you know, I mean, Jalen Hurts also is a little bit more athletic, I would say, than Patrick Mahomes. I think we can both agree to that. That's not a shot at Patrick Mahomes. But that's more so his, like, style. His body is able to move a little bit differently. And uh, when you have a guy like Jalen Hurts, you take advantage of those, you know, type of plays. Like, you didn't run the same plays with Michael Vick as you did with Donovan McNabb. Donovan McNabb, kind of a good talented quarterback, but was shiftier and uh, or Vic was a little bit more shiftier, a little bit more quicker that he could run different plays with Michael Vick in that Philadelphia offense. But I'm like you, man. I'm I'm Team QB sneak. I always did it in Madden. Again, it was a video game, not real life. But, I mean, I just figured, like, one yard, that's all you need. Maybe the anomaly was the freak play of Patrick Mahomes' knee going to the side of his leg. But, hey, you still won a Super Bowl even though it happened. But I get it. Like, the guy can't play basketball. The guy can't play quarterback sneaks. The guy's got to stay on golf and football. Yeah. Dustman, those you, are Brett Beach's rules, not mine. <laughs> Brett Beach's rules. You able to stay on the line, Dustman? Are you getting uh, pushed? Uh, well, you're not getting. No, I can, I can come back if you're going to go to a break. You can stay wherever you want. Yeah, but I'll, I want to talk to you about running back situation. I want to talk about this uh, pro football talk, throwing the uh, Josh Jacobs thing out there, and how he could be a chief, sure. and how that uh, uh, everybody's losing their collective minds. We'll talk about that next. Welcome back. Talking Chiefs training camp. Jay Binkley with JT. The Dustman will be uh, chiming back in. Dustman had some equipment issues up there as most of our stuff has gotten wet through the time. So it takes the uh, Chiefs and or Missouri Western to fix uh, kind of what's going on in the 10th. Uh, actually, I'm going to go on a limb. I think it was an excuse so he didn't have to be with me today. I just No, <laughs> not Dustman, man. No. I, I wonder what the, he's got a Joe Burrow take. I want to hear it. Oh, he's got a Joe Burrow take? Oh, he, I can't he wait. He tweeted about it. He tweeted about it last night. Like, I tuned in tomorrow to hear my Joe Burrow take. So I was like, all right, I want to hear this. Oh, yeah, we got to get him back on. <clears throat> Stop eating that sandwich. <laughs> now, as far as running backs are concerned, we have this on our text line from the 816. I'll be sure Prince will make the team. Yeah, the Derek Prince will make this team. You're probably looking at your kick returner for the Kansas City Chiefs in 2023, Daneric Prince. Richie James uh, looks to be the guy in punt returns uh, for the Chiefs. But, yes, Daneric Prince, those amazing hands, what he was able to do at Tulsa. And, again, seventh-round picks didn't matter. Undrafted free agents actually got more money than seventh-round picks. Plus, they could choose their team they went to. So, it's kind of a new trend of what players are doing in the NFL draft. But Daneric Prince, good combine numbers, good, good pro day numbers. The guy – 
I think the Chiefs like him. They realize because he's catching the ball. Go back and look at his college stats. He didn't catch the ball, like at all. Well, he did nine times, in big deal. He catches that more in every practice uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, yes, I do believe he's on the team. But uh, from pro football talk, this is interesting. What happens if the Raiders rescind the franchise tag from Josh Jacobs? He might go straight to Kansas City. Chiefs, Broncos among potential suitors if Raiders rescind Josh Jacobs' tag. Now, according to Pro Football Talk, of course, here are Josh Jacobs' options. What he can do is, number one, he could accept $10.1 million for the season. Number two, Jacobs and the Raiders work out an enhanced deal with more money and or promise won't be tagged in 24. Three, Jacobs skips all or part of the regular season. Bad idea. Ask Le'Veon Bell. Four, the Raiders trade Jacobs in his one-year deal or the Raiders rescind the franchise tender and he becomes a free agent. Option five could still happen where he becomes a free agent. Now, what he said is this. Per a source with knowledge of the situation, the Chiefs and Broncos are among the teams interested in Jacobs. And while the Broncos could be a considerable, um, considered a long shot from contender status, they'd be an option at the right price. The Chiefs make the most sense and create the most intrigue. Um, this would be tough. I mean, I was all for receiver. Running back, no, because you can get by and you're just fine with what you have. Again, we haven't seen a running back win Super Bowl MVP in a quarter century. Um, I'm good with them, and I'm good with the running backs they have now, and I think it's fine. Josh Jacobs, incredible talent, incredible talent. Yes, that would be awesome for him to have, but I don't see it as a necessity. Let's go back to uh, St. Joe and talk to Dustman. Dustman, did you hear any of that? Where uh, People want Josh Jacobs now because Josh Jacobs reportedly said he's interested in the Chiefs, and maybe they're interested. Why does this have to continue every single time a known player is either going to be a free agent or is going to request a trade. Uh, like yeah, we can go I back in time through this entire freaking off season, and it starts with Jonathan Taylor. What's the what was the that you said it was the the Chiefs are among teams interested. Yeah, we go back one more. DeAndre Hopkins. The Chiefs are among teams interested. We go back another one. Odell Beckham Jr. The Chiefs are a team among interest, and it goes back even further to Adam Thielen and all these names and. There's some sort of like Lemmy Winks or there's some sort of like character out there that just constantly like plugs the Chiefs every time there's a free agent. Let's be fair. Jonathan Taylor doesn't make any sense to be on the Kansas City Chiefs roster. And again, I understand that we're in the dog days of summer, even though it looks like it's spring with all the rain we've had. But I understand that like you have to have conversations about football. That's why the NFL Top 100 comes out. That's why we do you know, the ESPYs at this time of year, because there's not a lot of sports other than Bobby Wood Jr. and the Royals that are just amazing to watch right now. I digress on that. But the thing is, the Chiefs are going to have a four-running back room. They're going to keep Deneric Prince. They're going to keep Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And then you obviously know the other two, which is one and two, which is Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. And the way that the Chiefs are going to use these running backs, Pink, is kind of how I've described it all week on, the, on programs like After Hours and Live at Training Camp. I feel like they're going to use this like the Royals' bullpen. Like Patrick Mahomes and this Kansas City Chiefs team to what you can expect for 2023 from what I've seen, from what I've watched at practice, and I've been up here a lot. I feel like they're going to try to be the Royals of 2014, 2015. Like, hey, here's the ball. Give me six innings, and I got my bullpen that'll do the work because I've got an anomaly. And you got a guy in Pacheco that nobody wants to tackle in the fourth quarter. You've got a veteran 
respected leader in McKinnon to be your third down back. And then you could spell one of those guys with maybe a generic Prince who Pete Sweeney, Nate Taylor, guys like that that follow this team very, very, very closely are like, generic Prince is already pencil or he's actually already sharpied into the 53-man roster. You're going to keep four running backs. You're going to try to get a lead into the fourth quarter. You're going to then turn the ball over to the running backs and try to milk this clock. And I could hear people in their car driving home from St. Joe, gripping the tire, white-knuckling it, going, they never run the ball. No, they never run the ball first through third quarter. Every team on the face of the earth would love to be able to run the ball in the fourth quarter with a double-digit lead. Again, that is gangster's paradise right there. That's where you want to be at the end of every game in the fourth quarter. But the Chiefs have the guy that can get them the lead almost every single game to the fourth quarter. They've also got the guy that knows how to come down from double digits in the fourth quarter. And now if you can have this, like we both agree, top ten defense, a good enough receiving core, and this four-man, this four-horseman of running backs that can kind of spell each other in the fourth quarter and gain the trust of this offense, I think you might have a team that could actually go 14-3, and 15-2, because if they have a lead in the fourth quarter – and it's a seven or more, the game could potentially be over, just like in 14 and 15 when you gave the ball to Herrera, Davis, Hollander, however they did it back in the day. The game was over. The Royals had a two-run lead in the sixth inning. I, I think uh, Derek Prince, though, I, I think they're fine at running back. The reason this keeps coming up, because it'll just say, like, sources say the Chiefs and Broncos are among the interested teams. So if, yeah. they're, if they're which, which I'm the Chiefs, I'm playing this game, too. If, if I'm right. going, hey, if you're Brett Veach or anybody else, yeah, we're interested. Why yeah, wouldn't, you be, why wouldn't you be interested yeah. in a great play? Like if Mahomes becomes available, you'll get 31 other teams are interested. Right. And that's, that's kind of how it always is. Is like, you know, especially with like a big name is that it's like, you know, we, the, the rumors that were going around whenever Odell Beckham Jr. was a free agent and everybody's like, Oh, well he goes, I'm looking to, you know, make a fair, a, a, you know, a fair deal, but I'm not taking 4 million. You almost kind of get the assumption that that was Brett Veach. Like, Hey, we're interested, but how interested are you and us? And, Jonathan Taylor seems like one of these guys maybe that like a team that's, you know, borderline six, seven wins, but with the addition of Jonathan Taylor, he could be a, you know, nine to 10 win team, or even like a Josh Jacobs, who another guy is, you know what, linked to the, to the chiefs as well. Guys like that. that of course you're interested, right? Like Shohei Otani is going to be a free agent next year. Are the Royals interested? You're damn right. They are. Are they going to sign him? Absolutely not. He's going to be a Brave or a Dodger or a Med or somebody in a huge market. Maybe the Angels. I don't know. Probably not. But, of course, you're interested. But it, is, it all comes down to how interested are you in this team? And like you said, I think, it, I think it's perfect. I think the Chiefs do one of two things. They play it coy. And then they also kind of, you know, sit back and are like, you know what, let's let somebody else make this move. And then if they have to DFA somebody or they have to, you know, send somebody off their roster, we'll go look at that and get a cheap guy, fill him in on our roster, and then see what happens next. But, yeah, of course you're always interested. I mean, Kay Adams is single. I'm interested. Yeah, Does it mean it, I'm going to land a deal? Probably not. Yeah, yeah Kate Upton, she's still a Verlander, right? So if she becomes available, are <laughs> you interested? Sources say yeah. I'm interested. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you've seen those photos, too. Yeah. Uh, which ones? <laughs> well, <laughs> Which ones? I, you sent them to me. Well, there's one in the mirror, and then there's one on the bed. Okay, okay. Oh, the long, long time ago, yeah. But if she comes available, am I interested? Yeah, sources say I am. That's, of course, that's... <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, there's a free beer at the bar if you're around. Am I interested? Of course. Am I yeah. in traffic? Yeah, I can't make it. There's available beer. Are you interested? Yes, I'm interested. But it's 100% yeah. what it is. And Derek Prince, this is the funny thing. 
Uh, text even came in as Derek Prince make the roster. I was like, yeah, that's the kick returner for the Chiefs. He, he's the kick yeah. returner. And Richie James will punch. But look at this. I mean, this just shows me scouting and development. His first year at AM, he had zero catches, Prince did. His yeah. first year at Tulsa, he had one catch. His next year at Tulsa, seven catches. His last mm-hmm. year at Tulsa, nine. That's only 17 in his college career in four right. different seasons, two different schools. A&M and Tulsa, that's all he got. He barely played at A&M. But that's the Chiefs. They saw this guy, and they saw that, okay, this guy's got great hands. Why didn't Tulsa do it? I use it all the time, This, you know, the analogy, with high school players. Like, there'll be a high school quarterback, though, for 1,200 yards. You're like, how does this kid end up at Alabama? He barely, The reason is because he went to their camp in the summer. He threw the ball all over the place, and he's with a high school that only runs the ball and doesn't throw it. This stuff used to happen a lot more than it does now, where – these teams would look at a quarterback and say, this guy can throw. This guy, I don't care what offense he's in. We'll take him and mold him. This kid can throw because he came to our camp and look what he did. Boom, four-star. Boom, he's on his way to Alabama. Same thing with Prince. They saw, okay, this guy can catch. He'll make this team. And what happens to Clyde? I keep getting asked about Clyde. Well, the Chiefs will showcase him, in my opinion, in the preseason. You'll see a lot of Clyde. Maybe a team says, eh, let's throw a seventh-round pick at the Chiefs because the Chiefs value seventh-round picks. Who knows uh-huh. the direction? I just wonder where he's going to do his carries or he's going to be a game day inactive because I do believe McKinnon, Pacheco, and Prince will get carries before Clyde. Yeah, and the two things I think you can look at with Clyde, too, is that it never hurts to keep a guy like that on your roster, right? Because you never, never know with the with the fate of preseason and, and practice. We've already seen guys go down left and right. I mean, the Chiefs lost one at indoor practice, a corner that I thought was going to probably be somewhat productive. Spag was kind of hurt about it whenever he found out about the injury in the ACL. Um, you look at other camps, Atlanta lost a guy, right? Joe Burrow. Now there's a report that Jamar Chase said he doesn't want to see Joe Burrow until week five. Um, I don't know if you saw that report. He says he just needs to stay rested because it's more important about getting to the end of the season than yeah. the beginning of the season. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like you said, showcase Clyde a lot early. If there's a team out there that loses an RB or there's a team that maybe needs an, another running back, a Thunder Lightning because they lost a guy like a Dalvin Cook um, or they lose a guy like a Josh Jacobs or something like that, and they're willing to – part ways with like, yeah, you know, you might be able to get, you might be able to get like a fifth or a sixth rounder for Clyde. I doubt it. That'd be like wishful thinking. But like you said, man, Beach gets value late in the draft. You look at Pacheco seventh round, you look at Watson was a late round pick. You look at Prince was undrafted. So, I mean, you just, you never really know when it comes to Brett Beach and where his mind is. Like I assume Brett Beach is already on to like, I don't know, week three of the preseason. I feel like he's already passed the Saints and Cardinals and all that kind of stuff and what goes on with the business side of things. Plus, I think he's probably talking to Chris Jones, his agent, pretty heavily right now with the with the news we got yesterday, the six-game suspension. Um, so, you know, I mean, I could see it. I could see the showcase of Clyde early. You know, you don't really want to use your ones a lot. So, I don't believe he's a one. I believe he's the third running back on this roster. Uh, in that depth chart, I think it's Pacheco, McKinnon, and then I think it's between – you know, generic Prince and, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire to see who gets that next slot and that more, that more play that more playing time. Looking forward to that. I saw last night you tweeted us, and we're talking to uh, Dusty Likens, who uh, would be on right now, but uh, had some uh, technical issues. Um, which it, I didn't molest it. Well, it, yeah, it gets us all, though. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people without internet. What are you going to do? Ah! Well, we can't do radio um, yeah. without it, so it's actually uh, very important. But I saw you tweet out on X. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I saw you uh, use X last night, and you said, Joe Burrow, you're going to talk about Joe Burrow tomorrow. And I told, yeah, I told my man JT, I was like, man, what's the, I, I got here late, and I, I had been doing something right at the beginning of your show, 
And I was like, did Dusty talk about Burrow? What was his hot take about Burrow? I want to hear it. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I actually want to talk to you about it because I was going to talk about it at 9.15. We're going to have you on at 9.30. And I want to talk to you about this show Burrow thought process. It goes through my head last night. Now, again, I want to warn the crowd. I had probably six or seven Miller lights at happy hours, so I was feeling myself a little, a, little, a little better than maybe I should have. Is Joe Burrow as good as we think he is, or has he just really always been surrounded by amazing talent? Now, let me tell you. Let me talk to you. Joe Burrow goes to Ohio State, couldn't make the starting quarterback roster because JT Barrett took the job. Is that right? Am I wrong? He had the, he'd leave the good LSU, wouldn't get in the time. He went to LSU. He went to LSU. Who went to LSU when Joe Burrow lit the college world on fire? Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards-Lair, and Randy Moss's son at tight end. 14, draft, 14 draft picks in that team. Greatest offense you've probably ever seen in college football history. Is that true? It is true. Okay. Best year by a quarterback then, as well. Then, I understand it's hard to play quarterback, but then he goes to Cincinnati, right? And in Cincinnati, he gets hurt his first year, so he doesn't really play, he loses the knee, whatever it is. His next year, he comes back. Who do they draft in the first round? Jamar Chase. His guy at pick number five. They could have gone Panay yeah. Sewell because he needed a line. Like, that's the other thing about Burrow. He's been sacked more than any other quarterback since he's been in the league. But they could have drafted Panay Sewell, but they did the right thing. As I told yeah. Crame Dog that night, you get the connection yep. that won a Bolitnikoff back at LSU. Because Justin Jefferson, as good as he is, he was wide receiver number two. Correct. And it was always, and that's what happened when Justin Jefferson got drafted and he started playing for the Vikings as a rookie. And everybody's like, oh, man, we didn't think you'd come on the scene this quick. We didn't think that you'd have this sort of production this early. Sorry, I got to get away from the gigantic lawnmower. And they said, oh, I didn't know that you were going to be this great. And his quote, I believe, was, you think I'm good. What do you see the kid that gets drafted out of the, or what do you see the other guy that gets drafted next year? Because I believe Chase held out because of the COVID year. Joe Burrow has T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and uh, Joe Mixon, right? And the Cincinnati Bengals are good. Like, Joe Burrow's good. I get it. But as Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes go on this platform of a career together, as one goes, you know, one way and the other one goes one the other way, Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, when they lost, was the best player in that game. Joe Burrow was sacked a million times by the Rams' offensive line, couldn't really avert disaster, couldn't really get around it, and kind of crumbled. I'm interested to see if Joe Burrow were in this – if he had this sort of weapon that Patrick Mahomes has. And that's not a shot at, like, Rich James or Rasheed Rice or Sky Moore or Kadarius Tony. It's, it's really not. But I'm interested to see that if Joe Burrow didn't have gobs of talent around him, is he the same quarterback that we talk about today? Because everywhere he's been, at least in the small sample size that we've seen Joe Burrow – we've seen Joe Burrow for about three years, Pink. We saw him his senior-plus year at LSU – we saw him last year at Cincinnati. We saw him the year before at Cincinnati. That's really it. And I understand that the tier of quarterbacks is Mahomes and there's a Grand Canyon size gap and it's Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen was doing it without Stephon Diggs. So Joe Burrow, it was just a wild thought. It's, a, it's an August hot take. But in all honesty, have we ever seen Joe Burrow without amazing talent around him? I will say this, though, and quarterbacks a lot of times do have a lot of talent around them. I mean, that just that's just par for the course. So I look at Jalen Hurts. He's got an awesome set there with uh, with uh, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, two great receivers. I look at what Burrow's got, great receivers. Mahomes makes more out of less, no question. But Correct. It, it, as I was talking to somebody yesterday, that uh, group chat that we have, 
And I asked him, I said, all right, so do we take Peyton Manning away because he had Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne? Now, Reggie Wayne's not in the Hall of Fame yet, will be. But that's two Hall of Fame wide receivers and Dallas Clark as your tight end. Oh, and Edron James and Joseph Adai as your running backs. I mean, yeah. and a great offensive line. So are we going to dock Peyton Manning because he had a ton of talent? Now, the guy that won with, I think, less than we've ever seen is Tom Brady. Because he, he didn't win a ring with Randy Moss. He didn't win one with Wes Welker. He would win with guys like Deion Branch and Troy Brown. That's who he'd and win Super Bowls with. That, that's why he's just different. And Mahomes right. is different, too. But at Burrow, I'll cut him some slack because of how bad that Bengals team was. Now, 2020 was his first year. That's when he only played 10 games because he got banged up. They were 4-11. and 11. Okay. Right. The Bengals, the three years prior to uh, Burrow arriving, 2-14, and 6-10, and 7-9. Things started to change. 4-11, and 10-7. They lose the Super Bowl, then lost the conference championship. So back-to-back conference championship games in a Super Bowl that they should have won, to be honest with you. And Burrow is sacked all the time because right. they sacrificed that for wide receivers. So, yes, he's got talent. Is he going to be just as good? Yes. He took the freaking Bengals to back-to-back AFC title games in the Super Bowl. Hey, that, yeah. deserves, that deserves credit. That deserves credit right there, and he's the facilitator for Jamar Chase. Yeah, he needs him. He needs Higgins. He needs these guys. But Peyton Manning needed his guys. Dan Marino needed Duper and Clayton. You know, Jim Kelly yeah, needed I mean, his talent. He I needed Thurman at, Thomas in the backfield. Well, I look at how – yeah, but I don't put Jim Kelly as an all-time great quarterback, though. That's just my opinion. Yeah, he went to four straight Super Bowls. I mean, there, there has to be some credence to that. Yeah, they had a great defense, and they had a good running back in Thurman Thomas and Andre Reid. But either way, I'm just, I'm just. What I'm getting at with Peyton Manning, though, is that like you could tell though that Peyton was the brains of the operation. Like Peyton, Peyton kind of rejuvenated football. He became the visionary quarterback. Like in fact, I'm pretty sure on Madden they changed the game around Peyton Manning. They started using this thing called QB vision, where Peyton <laughs> was like the entire field, and then if you sucked, it was like five yards. Um, and the thing that's interesting about Peyton is that, like, you kind of knew that, like, he was putting those guys in successful positions. Now, again, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, Joseph Adai, Edron James, Dallas Clark, Brandon Stokely, great wide receivers. I also do believe that they were better with Peyton, unlike whereas, you know, if Jamar Chase were to go play in, I don't know, anywhere other than Cincinnati, I assume that Jamar Chase is going to make that quarterback that much better. Um, if he goes to Miami, does he have a huge year? Probably. He's just a big body. I think Jamar Chase is the top five wide receiver. I think he's going to be one of the best receivers in the game this year because of the Therese Baylor. The contract here is looming. Yeah, um, and we're going to see what Justin Jefferson gets. And you better believe Jamar Chase is going to want something similar to what Justin Jefferson gets, and he's going to set the market. But anyways, I'm with you. I understand that you have to have talent around you. Otherwise, the team's just going to be terrible, and that's why you look at the Packers for all those years. They didn't help Aaron Rodgers, even though we all knew Aaron Rodgers was a stud quarterback because he won back-to-back MVPs. But the thing is, is that I just want to see more of Joe Burrow before I put him in this, like, tier two. Now, I get or tier one quarterback, too. Again, there's a sizable gap between one and two and three and four. Now, two, three, and four are probably kind of in the same penthouse suite. One's living in the high life. Obviously, we know where that is. But we've seen Pat do it without Tyreek Hill. We haven't seen Burrow do it without Jamar Chase. No, That's my only thought. No, we haven't. And I will say this. The fact that they've, they've – well, they've had a lot of success against the Chiefs. These games have all been close, but it's been it's been because of Burrow. And I do believe the Bengals. Here's the thing: if you take Burrow out of Cincinnati and you put Mahomes there, okay, they have the same success and probably have one or two Super Bowls if Mahomes is a quarterback in Cincinnati. But take Mahomes out of the equation: Would Josh Allen 
have led the Bengals to the Super Bowl? I don't think so. Would Lamar Jackson have led him to the Super Bowl? I don't think so. Joe Burrow did. That's why I put Burrow right behind Mahomes because I don't know if you took any of these other quarterbacks like Hurts, Bur- Josh Allen, um, any of these guys and put them in Cincinnati instead of Burrow, they have the same success. That's what I'm going by. Yeah, and I understand that. I mean, the first year that Burrow and Chase were together, it was Chase that was killing the, the Chiefs. I believe the first game that Chase played against the Chiefs, he had like, what, 212 yards? He had two yeah, long he's, he's been a pain. And he was the reason. And then you look at the second game, he still had a good game in that AFC Championship game, but it wasn't really Burrow that won that game, if I'm being honest. It was the fact that we saw the worst second half of Patrick Mahomes' career, and that whole locker room seemed like there was some sort of rift. And from what we've heard and – from stories we we now know that maybe there was a lot of me, me, me's and not a lot of wee, wee, wee's. You know what I mean? That sounds weird, but you know what I'm getting at. There was Tyra Matthews contract looming. There was Tyree Kill. He was going to be in a contract situation. So maybe there was a little bit more that we don't know about in that locker room during that game. And then there was just the, the epic disaster of what was that second half with Mahomes. But again, you look forward to, to the next season, right? The Chiefs drafted Trent McDuffie. And Trent McDuffie, when he was on Jamar Chase in that AFC championship game, I believe Jamar Chase had one catch on eight yards. That's it. And I think he was targeted six times. And Trent McDuffie, they found out, okay, if we can put somebody on him, Burrow had to then adjust. Burrow didn't really do a great job of adjusting going elsewhere. Now, again, that was part of the Sack Nation line. It was Chris Jones, Frank Clark, and Carl Loftus that were just bull rushing that along with Carlos Dunlap. But, again, like, Mahomes has a terrible second half. And then the next year, Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals lose to the Chiefs. So, again, I'm not disagreeing that Joe Burrow is right now the second-best quarterback in the NFL. But let's put a little bit more respect on, like, the names that are 3, 4, and 5 and the Herbert and the Allens and all that because, yeah, Josh Allen hasn't beaten Patrick Mahomes when it mattered. He's lost in the playoffs twice. Once was an AFC Championship game. Once wasn't really his fault. They were up with 13 seconds left. You really can't ask much more of your quarterback than that. Your defense just had a catastrophic failure because they couldn't cover Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill, and then overtime happens and you can't stop Travis Kelsey once again. So, again, no argument. I just want to see Burrow – maybe without T. Higgins and Jamar Chase to see how much better he really is. Because, again, really, Binkley, like, kind of like Bo Jackson. Like, a lot of people put Bo Jackson in this great category. We didn't see a whole lot of Bo. We saw a lot and a little. But with Joe Burrow, we've seen his senior year at, at – or which is his fifth year at LSU. And then we saw him at last year's Cincinnati's roster and the year before that. Do I think he'd win an MVP? Probably. Do I think he's as distant from Josh Allen and maybe, you know, Herbert, Rogers, Lamar, all those guys? Maybe not so much. Maybe we can pump the brakes on that conversation. But to say that he's less than two, no. But to say that he's greater than three, four, and five, maybe calm down on that. During the regular season, Jamar Chase is 2-0, and 18 catches, 363 yards, three touchdowns <laughs> against the Chiefs. Exactly, <laughs> dude. Like, he's just – Burrow and Chase are just like – remember Dante Culpepper, Randy Moss? Remember how fun that was in, like, 97, 98, 99? And then what happened when they broke the band up? Yep. Moss, went, Moss went to Oakland and hated it. And Culpepper went to Florida with your boy Saban or Miami, hated it. And then it was just, we never heard from Culpepper again. His career dwindled. Sometimes guys need to be together, and they just work well together. We just haven't seen Burrow without Chase be successful. And uh, Jamar Chase in the playoffs since the Chiefs 21. He went six catches, 54 yards, and a touchdown. The last time, six catches, 75 yards. So he's got 12 against the Chiefs. And here's the thing. I do think Mahomes is the only quarterback that's out there that would have won with the Cincinnati Bengals, um, to be honest with you, because I can't see Allen or anybody else being that guy. But the bottom line is, too, Mike Sando from The Athletic, when he put these quarterback tiers out, yeah. he talked about Mahomes kind of you know breaking the system. Because you look mm-hmm. back at Joe Montana and how good that defense was, 
It was, it was, it was the best scoring defense. Mahomes hasn't had that. You know, Josh Allen has. That was the number one total defense last year. Six in scoring defense. The year before, they were two in scoring defense. I mean, they have been an unbelievable defense, and it hasn't materialized. That's why I'm so excited about what Mahomes can do with what I think is his best defense he's had in Kansas City. And here's the other thing, Dusty. Okay, pay Burrow and then see what happens. So I always tell people, pay the quarterback and then see what happens. The Chiefs paid Mahomes. Then they had to go out and win with seventh-round picks and undrafted guys. That's what the Chiefs had to do. And to lead the way, a rusher in the seventh round or a guy getting three picks, two of them in the postseason in the seventh round. That's how you win. Now we're going to find out with the Chargers because they're going to have to win after they paid Herbert because they have. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, can they win once you've paid the quarterback? Because Mahomes took up more cap money than any other winning quarterback in Super Bowl history when he won last year. But the Chiefs were able to win because of everything else. If you pay – because the Bengals have been a notorious bad-paying franchise. So when you pay Burrow – how good is that team going to be? We've yet to see that. Yeah, that's the one thing we talked about is uh, sometimes Rob and I'll talk in the bullpen is there's there's the second wave. The Chiefs have survived the second wave. I always give it the analogy of, um, you remember that corny movie with Tom Hanks called Castaway? And he's trying to finally break free from the island and go to, and go to like, you know, natural civilization. There's that first, you know, that first current that's really nice, right? You got to get through that. Then it's the big waves. Then you got to get through, you know, the tide of the, other than that. And then once you get through that, you coast. Mahomes in the first year got the Super Bowl, went to another one, lost it. They, you know, didn't pay Tyreek. They adjusted contracts. They got guys paid in certain areas. And then you look at what happened last year. And you remember what Brett Veach's quote was. It was, it was one of the bigger hog flexes I've ever seen from the Kansas City Chiefs organization when he held the Super Bowl trophy up at the parade and he said, this is what a rebuilding year looks like. And <laughs> we can all be fair. They have a couple of anomalies. Like, they might have the greatest quarterback to ever play in the NFL, and they might have the greatest tight end to ever play in the NFL. What's a great system? Well, tight ends don't get paid a ton of money. Travis Kelsey's the third highest tight end in, the, in football right now. Now, the Giants pay Darren Waller a little bit too much. They're paying him $17 million a year. George Kittle's making fourteen five, and Travis Kelsey's making $14 million a year. So when you put all those things together, the Chiefs have kind of cheated the system because they found a great quarterback who's already hitting his stride at 27-28 when most guys hit it at 31, 32, like Tom did, like Peyton really did. and Steve Young, Mahomes same way. All his stats came in his 30s. And Mahomes and Kelsey have that pattern. They have that rhythm. And like I've told people, if you took Travis Kelsey with your first pick overall in your fantasy football draft this year, I would be mad. He's going to get tied to 10 targets a game. He's going to get seven to nine catches, possibly the touchdown every single game. In fact, one of the safest bets you can bet for the Chiefs is a Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown. <laughs> nine to ten times out of the year, it's going to hit. And the thing about this is, the Chiefs have survived the second wave. They have paid their quarterback half a billion dollars. They have paid their tight end. They have paid their defensive defensive players, and they're right now trying to figure out that's why this Chris Jones thing is, is maybe taking longer than some people are comfortable with because Brett Beach isn't like the Piolis and the and the Dorseys of the world where it's like, oh, he's great, he's a stud, let's pay him, give him his money, put him on the roster. It's more so like, hey, man, like if we're going to keep this thing going – we know where we have to put our money, and we know where we got to pinch our money. So Brett Beach, very good at budgeting. That's why they were able to survive the second wave. Justin Herbert just got paid. Keenan Allen getting older. They paid Mike Williams. They drafted that kid out of TCU. They got Austin Eckler, who's very unhappy. That's their second wave beginning. Cincinnati's about to pay Joe Burrow. And, again, Joe Burrow used the famous cliche quote, I don't need to be paid ridiculous. I need to pay respectful, and I want to have this team together. Well, T. Higgins, guess what? You're in a very rich market right now. Receivers get paid more than anybody that's not quarterback. 
And when Justin Jefferson sets that market of $49 million a year, or 40, yeah, 40 something like that a year, T. Higgins is going to be like, well, I'm not going to get Justin Jefferson money, but I want 43. You're not paying T. Higgins that, which means now your second wave is Burrow Chase. And, you know, Mixon, he took a contract, you know, cut. He's getting older. He's not going to be on that team forever. And pretty soon, we're going to see how the Cincinnati Bengals look at the wave, too, because, look, they've been to a Super Bowl. They've been to two AFC championship games. They've won one AFC championship game. They've got this year to get back, and they know it, and they're a great quarterback. He's a little he's a little fragile right now. So it'll be interesting to see how their second wave begins. I'm not worried about the Chargers. We know how that's always a catastrophic failure. But, again, we'll see these other teams try to do what the Chiefs did, and that is win a title in, in phase one, win a title in phase two. And once you win a title in phase two, it's like, okay, now we know we can do it anytime we possibly try to. Yeah, I'll talk about that. The uh, Chiefs against the AFC West uh, as we finish up with some prop bets. Dustman, great stuff. You had the breakfast sandwich. Uh, you're cruising to uh, Kansas City. Um, great stuff from you, Dustman. You got me excited. Yeah, man, for, hey, I'm always excited about quick. football. Yeah, real quick, shout out. Thanks for you for holding down the fort last week and this week. Again, to Kramer and to, and to Quentin as well last week. And then JT, man, uh, I really do respect you. I understand that it's not easy to do this. Um, you were thrown into a fire and you came out with your clothes fully on, no burns, maybe a few ashes in your hair, but good job, man. Uh, it's things like that that'll keep you in this industry and keep you doing what you do. So stay great. Binkley, stay perfect. Everybody, have a great weekend. My birthday's on Monday, by the way. Tonight we're going out and getting rowdy. All right. You to know from the back of the conversation. Happy birthday, Dustman. Happy birthday, Thank Dusty. You, Take care. There you go. Dustman right there with us. And JT, absolutely uh, crushing this. You're throwing the fire and you're doing well. I mean, this is what happens. But you're understanding what radio is. And again, we don't do heart surgery. So no one's going to die. Like, no one's going to die if we screw up, which does happen. But no one, the, the patient's still alive. That's yeah. all that matters. The patient's still alive. Yeah, if we were doing that stuff, that would be a little bit concerned if we were doing heart surgery. And, you know, you were like, whoa, whoa, which one do I dial into here? And I'm like, I don't know what to use. I don't know what to do. Exactly. We would be in real deep problems if we were doing that. Yeah, that's uh, where we'd have issues. Radio, we get no issues because we're talking... Chiefs coming up next, some fun prop bets that uh, the league has. And by the way, the barstool debate with Dusty, I love that stuff, man. I could do that at a barstool, argue about players who you're getting the ball to with one yard to go in the end zone. I could do that all day because that stuff is what's fun. But coming up next, prop bets. And welcome back, Jay Binkley and JT. We just heard from Dustman, had some uh, technical issues today. You'll hear from Dustman this week. By the way, the Royals tonight. Go for yet another win. Wait, win number eight in a row. Five o'clock. You'll hear Vern at four. Yeah, yeah. Eight on o'clock. fire, eight, man. I mean, going for it all, man. Eight in a row tonight. Got one. Got two more against Philly. Then you got four uh, set against Boston. Then you got those St. Louis Cardinals. Come on, take some. Bobby Wood Jr. What are you going to do? How about this guy, man? 20 home runs, 30 stolen bases, two straight years. No one's ever done that. Ever. First in MLB history. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But anyway, it was good talking. Uh, quarterbacks with Dustman could do that uh, all the time. But uh, here's some prop bets you can get right now on FanDuel besides the over-unders, which you can get on Scantlin, um, Sky Moore, and Travis Kelsey. But these are kind of fun. Um, I'll throw this one at you, JT. Kansas City Chiefs to score one-plus touchdown in every regular season game, minus 200. So the favorite to do that. That's if you, if you want easy money, that's an easy money because the Chiefs will score a touchdown every game. Easy. That's easy. There's no way the Chiefs don't score a touchdown in every game. Now, if you're going to say 
that the uh, the Chiefs, would they have a rushing touchdown every single game? What would you say to that? Yeah, no, I'm not taking that one. I would not take it either. But I love this one, though. Kansas City Chiefs to be undefeated in the AFC West regular season games plus 650. Maybe the Chiefs have gone undefeated. I remember two, uh, two years ago they went undefeated on the road. Road doesn't bother the Chiefs. Um, they've been that good on it. They have lost some home games in the division, but on the road, and this is all games, home and road, but Mahomes is 16-0 and on the road in the division, which might be really his most impressive stat, to be quite honest with you. That's a stat that uh, it's hard to do. But uh, Andy Reid, um, since 2015, 42-6 against the division. Do you take the plus 500 and the Chiefs being undefeated in the AFC West. I do not because I do think some team sneaks up on them at some point. It's just got to, they're going to win the division. Chiefs are going eight straight years. But again, a lot of close games mixed in there with the division. A lot of close games have been mixed in. I would say, I was, I would say if this was last year, I was going to take that the Chiefs would lose a game in the division. I think they lose one game to Denver. I, I think Sean Payne might. Oh, yeah. uh, I, know, I know. I don't feel it, man. I don't feel it. But you I think, don't feel one, the Bron- you think I don't feel the Broncos. But you man. think one team does it? I feel the Chargers. You think the Chargers? See, they, I would put the Chargers really close below the Raiders. I know the Raiders have played them close as yeah. well. But the Chiefs won 15 in the last 18 against the Chargers, seven three in the last 10. They're nine and one in the last 10 against the Raiders, 15 and 0 against the Broncos. Sean Payton runs his mouth too much. That doesn't happen. Here's the odds on that, by the way. Kansas City to score one plus rushing touchdown in every regular season game. Check this one out. That is plus five thousand. Now they're probably not going to do it. But for just for fun, you got to take it. It's plus 5,000, man. Now, what's that one again? The plus 5,000? To score a rushing touchdown oh. in every regular season game. Now, it's hard to do. It's hard to think of. Like, Pacheco would need at least 12. McKinnon gets you three or four rushing, but he gets most of them receiving. Hey, you could also get, get Mahomes. Rushing. You could also get Mahomes running a touchdown in. Typically three to four for Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be, it, that'd be hard. Man. I don't know if they won't hit it, but I mean, that's like a little $5 sprinkle Prince you could do. Well, yeah, we have for plus 5,000. I mean, plus 650 is pretty good for the Chiefs going to feed in the AFC West. Yeah. Another uh, another uh, plus 300, Kansas City Chiefs to score one plus passing touchdown every single game. That's plus 300. Will they have a passing touchdown every game? It's hard to say they won't. I would take that. I mean, yeah, could it not happen? Sure. But plus 300, go for it, man. Yeah, yeah I would take that one. Regardless, we have real football. We don't have real football. It's still preseason football, but I like real fake football because I like the Hall of Fame game. I like I like people hitting and like yeah. people like uh, Alex said yesterday. It's not a Hall of Fame game without any delays or miss mess ups. <laughs> it was so bad the showers didn't even work after the game. I'm telling you, they they they, they never fell. It is one in big the ball Hall of Fame game playing there? No one wants to play there, but I love it. I love it. Give me football anytime. Thanks, Dusty Likens. Uh, joining us, he has some technical issues up there in St. Joe. Thanks to you, JT. You the man, man. Hey, got to keep something. Much. We had to keep it going, man. It was it was a hectic morning, but we got through it those three hours. All right, Jay Binkley, JT, in the dust, man. Good afternoon, Kansas City.